What's up, listeners? It's A.A. Ron. For the record, I hate being called that. It's Aaron here at Southeast 3rd, and it's been a while, so I wanted to uh, put a new episode out there, let you guys know what's going on in my life. Uh, I got some pretty exciting news here recently that I um, I accepted a role in a play, a theatrical play, that's going to be produced and presented on um, August the 14th through the 18th, and it'll be in New York at the Rave Theater Festival. There's going to be about five, six other people there, people, shows. Um, we're all going to be, you know, doing our best to uh, give the crowd our best performance, and it's um, for us, it's a big deal because New York is kind of uh, the theater center of America. Uh, if not the world, and um, there are there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of eyes on us, um, both both in, in person and in digitally. You know, going to be recorded. So that's uh, that's a pretty big deal. It's going to be with um, my old college director, Dr. Shelley O'Neill. So she's actually trying to put a fundraiser together and uh, raise some money for everybody's travel and expenses. Um, I got to say, you know, even though I accepted the offer. Uh, the logistics of it aren't, aren't looking so good for me right now. Um, the rehearsals, uh, are going to be a Friday and a Saturday. So I can make Fridays, but Saturdays I've got to work. And it's, um, travel back and forth from Waco to Corsicana. And, um, my car doesn't have very great gas mileage. So I'm thinking, um, as of now, I'm thinking of, of stepping down. Uh, with giving them plenty of time to uh, to find a replacement for me, just because you know it's exciting and uh, it's great, um, but I mean the reality of it is, is I don't I don't know if I can swing it. I, I don't know if I'm going to have the money to to miss a week of work without pay, and on top of that, pay for pay for my trip. Um, so the expenses that we're going to need are going to be around two to three hundred bucks. And then, you know, I'm going to miss out on around $400 of a paycheck. So that's going to be, you know, six to $700 for that month that I'm not going to have. And I just moved into a new apartment. Um, I'm not getting my deposit back from my old landlord for some reason. And uh, that's 350 bucks. That if I got that, that would go towards my, my fees. But it doesn't, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So um, I'm going to take a... I'm going to take the rest of the day and tomorrow to come to a, an actual decision about withdrawal. And um, if I do, you know, I'll, I'll be in touch with you guys. But in the meantime, uh, go look, go check it out. The Rave Theater Festival. They've got a website up. Um, go see what all's there. Uh, Dr. Shelley O'Neill's original play is going to be put out there for uh, for the world to see. You know, it's been at Navarro College a couple of times, and it's something that she wrote herself, put it together on her own. She's got a PhD in theater philosophy, so this is her this is her life. This is her, her bread and butter. And so she's, you know, this isn't the only one that she's written. She's written several, and I've been in several of her productions, so she ain't no slouch. Um, this particular piece is a family feel-good piece. It's about gnomes and Christmas, and uh, it's got Frosty the Snowman. And I think Santa Claus is in it too. Uh, I haven't looked at the script in a couple of days. It's hard for me to remember. But it's got, you know, it's almost like uh, the dwarves of Snow White, but they're gnomes. So you've got different personalities of each gnome, right? Uh, you've got even one that's even actually called Doc. 
Um, and you know, as you know, he's a you know he's a smart he's a smart individual. That anyway, you've got the uh, you got the dad personality. Um, you've got the mischievous personality. I mean, you know, there's just several personalities in, in the in the play, and it's it's supposed to be very funny. Uh, um, you know, feel good family, take your kids to type of thing. And in the New York area, I guarantee you, man, with the the millions of people that live around there, it's going to be a huge turnout. And I really want to go, but I'm just looking at the uh, the 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 reality of the situation. And um, you know, it's a great honor to be cast in something like this when other people have tried out. Um, but I just don't know. I just don't think I'm going to be able to go uh, because I, I'm, I'm going to have to take off work. And, you know, the director's asking that we miss two auditions at the most. And realistically, I'm probably going to have to miss like four. Um, and for this caliber of production, I don't, I don't think that's going to cut it. Or at least they're not going to be willing to make an exception in my case to do that. Uh, so it's either, you know, I miss out on my job, which pays my bills and keeps me in my apartment that I just moved into. Or I go and do this and potentially, you know, get fired or, or have my hours reduced and don't get a full paycheck and then not be able to afford my bills and fall behind. Now, let me let me go ahead and catch you guys up to speed for those of you that don't know me. I'm 31 years old. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't have anyone to rely on. You know, my my brother and his wife they've got obligations. They've got things they've got to they've got to pay for. My sister's got uh, two kids and a stepdaughter. Um, she just started a teaching job, and her her husband works a lot. And they're trying to get a house. They currently live in an apartment, and for the family of their size, that's not easy. My mom's disabled. My dad's in prison. Um, so it's not like I have a spouse that I can lean on for financial assistance. It's not like uh, you know if something were to happen to my job, somebody would be able to come and help me out until I found another one. And it's not really easy for me to find work here in good old Waco, Texas. Um, when I left my previous job at Evans Enterprises. It was uh, it was hard to find work. Uh, I got pretty lucky with finding this job here at the uh, Little Gym of Waco, which is where I work. So, the reality of it is, is that you know, my job has to come first. It keeps me it keeps me going. It keeps me uh, it keeps food on my plate and gas in my car and my lights on. So, like I said, I'm gonna you know think about it hard tonight. Um, figure it out tomorrow, and then. Uh, I'll let you guys know next week if I'm if I'm going to be going or not. In the meantime, uh, go back to the link that I mentioned, Rave Theater Festival. Uh, Google search it, Facebook search it, whatever. You'll find it. Um, and if you want to get to know who Dr. Shelley O'Neill is, you can find her on the Navarro College uh, Director Re- Registry. Um, not Director. The D- Navarro College Regis- Registry. Is that what it's called? Where, where you look up like staff information and phone numbers. You can find her there. Uh, she's also on Facebook as Shelly O'Neill, and uh, like I said, she's great. She she does her own uh, one-person performances, and she does several of those, and they, they're performances that she wrote the music for, wrote the lines for, got the costume together for, and did it all on her own. And these are like 45-minute to an hour-long performances that she has memorized. I, I, I can't understate how impressed – I'm sorry. I can't say enough – how impressive her performances are. If you haven't seen her live, you are missing out. If that's your thing. If you don't like theater, then you know you, you care less. But if you do enjoy theater and you enjoy live performances, Shelly O'Neill is the girl to go see. I guarantee you, you're not going to be disappointed. Um, 
other than that, you know, what's new in my life? Um, like I said, I got an apartment. Um, living in, a, I moved out of the house I was living in. Uh, it was a huge financial burden for me to stay there. Um, when I was working for Evans Enterprises, it was, uh, it, they were paying me enough for me to, you know, foot the bill in a lot of ways. Um, and the guys I was living with, you know, they were able to, to get ahead in their lives because of me taking on that financial burden. Uh, one of them found a new place to go. Uh, another guy moved in. Uh, he was able to get his first semester of college knocked out because um, he was able to, you know, afford a bus ticket. He didn't have a car. But with me, you know, paying the utilities and him just paying the rent, that gave him money to have uh, food and get a bus ticket to go back and forth to work. And then he took out student loans for everything else that he needed because he wasn't able to afford, you know, on his meager part-time job, he wasn't able to afford uh, – what is it? Books and supplies. So with me taking on utilities, that allowed him to get you know through college. And I'm not trying to brag. I'm just trying to give you guys, you know, awareness of what what's been going on and why I've why I've done what I've done over the past year, uh, two years actually. Um, and then another guy uh, had just come out of prison, and we gave him a chance coming into the house. And after four months of him not paying for the rent and me paying for the rent. He had to. He had to go. Um, after I told him, he's like, "Hey, man, I can't afford to to pay your share anymore. It's it's killing my pocketbook." He decided that he was just gonna, uh, you know, just move out, and um, he ended up, you know, stiffing me for around eleven hundred bucks, uh, which really, you know, he was he was really self serving in in those months, and um, I don't know what's happened to him since then. I kind of just I, I wrote him off because he was never gonna pay me back for that money. Uh, he was going to try to use our, our facilities as much as he could. He kept wanting to wash his clothes there even when we weren't home. So, um, I just stopped, I just stopped talking to him cause I knew, you know, he, he, he's also, you know, having trouble finding work. So I, I knew that he wasn't going to be able to pay me back that 1100 bucks anytime soon, unless he had done something illegal. And if he had, I didn't want to be a part of that. So he moved on. I moved on. Um, we, we haven't kept in touch, but then another guy came into the house, and uh, he had also just gotten out of prison, and it was hard for him to keep a job, but he was at least able to pay the rent, and that helped me out in a big way because um, after about four months of me living in that, that house that I lived, moved into, uh, you know, the guys that were living there, their obligations to pay for their rooms ended, and so nobody had moved in to pay for that room. And so I had to because the other guys that were living with me, um, they couldn't afford it. One of them only had a part-time job, and then the other one, I guess, was just being greedy. Uh, I, I don't know what his motivations were for not helping me pay the rent, but I asked him flat out, and he said he couldn't. So I paid another $350 on top of my $340 uh, for a room that I didn't even stay in or use. Um, and then, we, like I said, we had that one guy come in, and he never paid. But then we had another guy come in after that other dude left. And, um, oh, you know what, let's just call him. We got person A who was being greedy, person B who was a part-time job student, and person C who came out of jail and ended up leaving the house, and person D who uh, came, came out of prison and moved into the house, and he was able to at least pay the rent. That helped me out. That put 350 bucks back into my pocket that I was able to use for things that I needed. Um, you know, my, my console got stolen back in November of last year. I was never able to replace it. But I was able to get a computer, which was which has been pretty nice because I, I, I had one that was old and it kept crashing. 
Um, it didn't work very well. So now I've got something newer. And, you know, with that job that I had at Evans, I was able to afford it. It's a $1,000 computer. Uh, I can, you know, stream on it. I can watch TV on it. I can, you know, answer emails and uh, Microsoft Words on it. Anyway, that was a huge help, um, putting that money back into my pocket. I was able to buy some stuff for my car that I needed. Um, that was really nice. I was able to buy dog food for this dog that I've been taking care of. Um, another financial burden for me has been the dog. Um, the guy that owns her... Uh, he's, he moved up to Michigan. He's the one that got me the job at Evans Enterprises. Um, he ended up moving up to Michigan, and they weren't able to take the dog with her because the original agreement they had was no pets in the house. And he thought, you know, if he could just live there for a little while and show the landlord that they didn't have pets, then they could end up sneaking her up there and just hide her when the landlord came around. And, you know, who doesn't do that these days? Every, everybody does it. And so I agreed to take her on, but the problem was is that he couldn't promise when they were going to come get her. So he was asking me to bring her up there. And so we set a plan for July for me to come on up there because he wanted me to move out and take a job in Michigan. And I wanted to at first, but then I realized that I was going to be there for two years. My mom's health hasn't been all that great. My nephews are growing up without me as it is. If I move off to Michigan, I'm not going to see him at all. And so all these factors started coming up, and then this offer to go to New York came out, and I was just like, no, I'm not going. I can't. But I still need to take this dog up there because, um, you know, feeding her, giving her treats, bathing her, and treating her for fleas because she's got fleas now, and that means I've got fleas. Um, that's just – it's been a financial burden there too. So that, that means, you know uh, – that means that um, – I've got all these these things pulling at me to, to pay off. I, I've got a book that's coming out. I'm paying up uh, for my agreement on that. So um, the, the agreement I have there is I pay $8,000, and by the time that's paid off, they publish my book, and they, they do a lot of uh, networking for me. They, they uh, promote it for me. They advertise for me. Um, they do all that stuff. They design it for me. They print it, and the problem is, is that I'm still paying on that. <laughs> So that's taking money out of my account. My I had to take out a loan to get into this apartment. That's taking money out of my account, and that's why it's hard for me to be able to to be able to do this trip um, to to New York. So even though I want to do it, I think uh, I think realistically I'm going to have to say no. Um, so that's even though it's exciting news, and, and trust me, I don't I don't want to say no to it. I've already said yes, actually. Uh, I don't. I don't want to have to change my mind, but I think the reality is setting in that I can't do it. Um, anyway, so aside from that, uh, had a good friend of mine. Well, let me be honest here. Had a friend of mine pass away that was in the Marine Corps. Uh, I knew him through the Marine Corps League here in Waco. His name's Butch. Uh, they're doing his memorial service tomorrow. I'm gonna get dressed up and go. Um, I'm really, I'm really happy for him, you know, because he was in his 70s. He lived a long life, and now he's at, he's at rest. And uh, we, you know, we're gonna miss him. He had a personality that was just huge. You know, he had a real deep and and booming voice. He could get loud real quick. He was very opinionated. Had strong opinions. Uh, he expected good things out of people. You know, he had high expectations for people. But uh, he was also ready to give. So when I first showed up to the Marine Corps League, he paid my dues for the year. So that was really cool. Um, he, he, I wasn't the only one, you know, he did, he did all kinds of stuff. He helped us, uh, clean up, um, our section of the highway that we've, uh, that we volunteered to clean up just about every time we were there, he was there, 
he um, he volunteered at the Special Olympics that we hold here in Waco every time that I you know that I heard about it he was there he was there my first time that I, uh, you know that I volunteered there and he was there the two times after that I don't know where he's been since then I haven't I kind of lost touch with him but um, he passed away in an accident uh, I think he was in the ocean I think he got pulled by a current underneath and you know an old man getting pulled down into the water his chances weren't that good so he ended up passing away. Um, I don't know exactly what happened, but I know that's kind of the gist of it. Uh, so I'll be going to his memorial service. That should be really nice, uh, seeing all the military people there. Um, yeah, of course, I'm ex-military. For those of my listeners that don't know, uh, I do a lot of interviews with veterans. Um, I try to get them to tell their story as much as I can. Like if you listen to my channel, you'll hear them playing dominoes. And those are those are old guys. I'm talking like 80, 90 years old, all playing dominoes with me. And they're teaching me the game 84 which I didn't even know existed until I met these guys. <laughs> and I try to get them to open up, but I think I'm going to stop doing that because um, they they just want to play. They don't want to talk. And trying to talk and play is, is, is takes too much of focus for them. They can't do it. So they, they get kind of ornery if, if I start asking questions about their life. Um, it, but I do have a, an interview with a guy named Walter. He was a hospital corpsman just like me. Uh, he served a lot longer than I did. And he ended up being an independent duty corpsman, which is a, a, a whole lot more intensive than what I studied. Um, so I have a lot of respect for him. Uh, I hope you get a chance to, to listen to some of his story. And, and I hope that in the future that I'll be able to do some more interviews with him and talk more about his deployment history. So keep an eye out for that. Um, I'm also a poet, uh, and I do live performances of my poetry here in Waco. I also act out some movie scenes. Uh, I've done Goodwill Hunting because Robin Williams is my favorite actor. I'm not ashamed to admit that. Um, I, I've done some stuff from The Fresh Prince because I, I, even though I'm a big goofball and I'm real silly, I love acting out drama. Um, I, I do some of those scenes uh, to, you know, enrich people's lives and, and clue them in into some stuff that they wouldn't normally see and maybe uh, get them thinking a little more critically and, and, re and reflect a little bit. So I love doing that. Um, I do that uh, whenever they have an event going on. So last month our event got canceled, and this month it was going to be tonight, but that's uh, that got canceled as well because the host got sick. The hostess got sick. Um, we're pushing that back for like another week or two, and uh, we are um, going to be doing something. Me and the guy that got canceled last time, Chris Danish, Chris Chris Danish, uh, we he and I are going to be putting on a joint performance. Um, we got a scene worked out that we're going to perform, and I think that's going to be – it's going to be comical, but with the, the right amount of sobering uh, element that I feel is going to draw a very interesting dynamic, and I'm hoping that people enjoy it as much as I've enjoyed working with him on it. Uh, the good news is is that we'll have more time to rehearse it because <laughs> if, you, if you know anything about acting, man, you, you can't just jump in on um, something impromptu or improv. And expect to do well if you haven't done some rehearsing. You gotta at least know the people you work with. If you jump in with a total stranger, you know you're gonna freeze up, you're gonna stutter, you're not gonna know what to say, and it's just gonna suck. Uh, unless you're a pro, you know you've been doing this for five, ten years, and I, I, I'm just not at that level. Um, I do it sporadically. I don't, I don't have the level of consistency that uh, would give me the skills to just jump in with anybody and make it good. Um, so he and I are working on it. We're getting there. And uh, hopefully in the next week or two, you guys can have some good stuff that I'll be recording and broadcasting on my podcast channel. 
Um, my brother keeps on giving me grief about not having people's permission or not telling them that I'm doing the interview. This time, they'll everybody will know that I'm doing it. So there's there's no room for uh, I'll be above reproach on them. <laughs> um, I'm putting out some feelers to uh, other people in my my Facebook group and my social group to try to get them on the channel. Um, a couple of them are veterans. A couple of them are artists. Uh, a couple of them are entrepreneurs. So. Uh, I hope to bring more variety to the show in, in the uh, the days ahead. So, so keep a lookout for the the, the future postings that I'll have. Um, I'll even share some of my book that I'm really excited is going to be coming out. Uh, I spent, you know, most of my life writing that novel, and there's a, a pretty in depth uh, forward that I wrote. Um, that if you get the novel for yourself, it's called Barren Fire and Ruin. That's B A R R O N Fire and Ruin. If you if you buy the novel and you look at it, you'll you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I spent a long long part of my life writing this. Um, back in middle school, you know, I really wanted to write. I, I the Harry Potter books were coming out. You know, this this creative side of literature was was uh, leaping back into the scene. You know, something that had not been seen since J.R.R. Tolkien's you know Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Uh, it was just exploding. It was it was revitalizing the uh, fantasy genre um fantasy fiction genre i should say because it wasn't you know medieval fantasy but uh ever since then i've wanted to write and my brother and i we played games we used our toys to to act out these dramatic story arcs and i wanted to put that on paper and so i did um in a way uh, i made it my own i customized it and tailored it to uh you know a more adult audience um because you know i was probably nine eight yeah, maybe even as early as seven years old playing with these toys with my brother, who's four years older than me and was more intellectually developed at that time. Um, we <clears throat> we uh, we acted out these, you know, incredibly long and lengthy storylines. And uh, I put them on I put them into a book. And so the the idea is is that I'll have four, uh, two from a certain time period. One that's going to be further down in the future, and then another that's going to be way in the future. And these all center around uh, major events that my brother and I have acted out in our in our action figure games. Um, I've also got some other projects that I'm working on. One's called The Apothecary, and that one's I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about. Not to draw comparisons between my works because I love all my works, but uh, this one is going to be very exciting. Um, I've shared some initial pieces with – Military guys that I know, and it's it's military themes left and right. It's super hairy in the military mindset, terminology, uh, and tactics and strategy. Like the language that they use is drawn straight from my military experience. Um, anybody that's ex-military will be able to tell you it's like, yeah, we talk that way. That's the language that we use while we're while we're downrange or on convoy or at work or any of that crap. Um, but the the supernatural aspect of it, it's like Tom Clancy meets uh goosebumps and that one's going to be a lengthy series i've actually partnered with my friend he owns the dog that i care for to uh to produce a seven book series seven books me seven books him that are in tandem they're going to complement each other and so his story is going to take place his first book is going to take place after mine my first first book is going to take place way before his so he's going to come for the the science fiction aspect where i'm going to come from the uh what's the word tactical fiction and supernatural aspect 
and um, supernatural meaning that my main character is going to have supernatural powers, um, and he's going to be fighting supernatural enemies. And so um, his character is going to come from the future, and he's going to be involved in some of these supernatural forces. So you know the way it all intertwines. We we spent weeks hammering out the details on this, and we're we kind of fallen off the wagon here recently. And I I know I have because when I picked up that job at Evans Enterprises, I was working. 50 to 70 hour weeks uh, and it, it was different every day you never knew when you were going home so i just i let my work be the center of my life and i didn't do anything else outside of work i even gained weight because i stopped working out um but now that i've got a regular 40 hour a week job you know i'm going to commit more time to these projects uh the apothecary is going to be a good novel i guarantee you you're going to enjoy it the jokes in it the the uh the pop culture references are heavy you know this this guy that I'm that I'm basing this story around. Um, he he's he's old, so his supernatural abilities keep him from aging, kind of like Wolverine. Uh, he regenerates very quickly. He doesn't age like everyone else, um, and that has allowed him to live a lot longer than people. And he keeps on bringing up these references from all across the the, the timeline. And so some people get it, and they're like, "Dude, this guy's." effing old and then some people they don't get it and like what the heck is he talking about and that just kind of gives you an idea of what he's his mindset you know he he deals with the um the tragedy of the human condition with comedy which is a very common military mindset just about anybody you meet you know if, if they're not absorbed by their poor experience in the military um then they'll tell you it's like oh yeah man we cracked jokes left and right while we were on deployment it's the only way we could deal with the the situation we were in you know conditions were so crappy that you couldn't help but laugh at them because if you didn't laugh at them then you might want to try to shoot somebody and it could have been you know you shoot the wrong person you don't want to do that ruin your life so what do you do you laugh it off you laugh it off what else can you do um so, I mean, you, you, that's what this guy is. He is the military experience personified. And uh, I, I know you're going to find a lot of books written by a lot of veterans and, and historians um, and people that are, are more, way more talented writers than me. But I guarantee you the Apothecary is going to be one of a kind story. And I really hope, you know, once I get it finished that you'll, that you'll read it. And uh, I'll share some experts from my novels um, here over the next few weeks. Um Hope that you'll tune in for that, and then I'll also, you know, once again bring in on special guests as I find them. Um, other than that, not a lot else has changed in my life. Uh, the big changes right now are the new apartment, uh, the new job working for the Little Jim Waco, and um, the opportunity to go to, to New York, which I gotta say I'm I'm starting to feel like I need to step down from. Um, anyway. Uh, so keep an eye out for Southeast Third in the days ahead. Um, my my brother's channel is the Big Beefin Show, and I gotta tell you, I hate saying that freaking phrase. I hate saying the Big Beefin Show because he used to say that crap when we were kids, and he said all kinds of dumb shit when we were growing up. <laughs> we said all kinds of just ridiculous. I mean, so, here's something about my brother in seventh or eighth grade, and all of his friends will tell you this if you ever meet my brother Shane. He would walk into his classes. And nobody would be saying anything. He'd just say, corn, real loud. And everybody would look up at him and shake their heads. And then they'd start saying corn. And then everybody's saying corn for no dang reason other than, you know, it's going to aggravate somebody that you're saying something for no reason. Uh, he, he taught me everything I know about aggravating people. 
That's just the guy he is. And so I picked up a lot of my personality from that, you know, to make people laugh and to to make light of a situation, even though it's serious, and to try to get people out of the funk they're in with a smile. Um, that's why Robin Williams is one of my is is my favorite actor. You know, he he saw that you know, people get sad all the time, and there's a lot of pain in this world and the life that we live. But with a smile, you can turn somebody's whole day around and maybe even their life. So. Ever since then, I've I've tried to do the same. Um, I'm not very good at it. <laughs> I have to be completely transparent here. Uh, I do the best I can. Uh, some people get me, some people don't. So it's I'm still a work in progress. Um, but that's the that's something I got from my brother. Is the you know even though my brother is totally self serving, he wants you to laugh or he wants to try to make you laugh because it's making him laugh. And if you laugh at it too, then that's just a bonus. But mostly he's saying what he's saying because he thinks it's funny. Uh, and I called him out on that too in front of our mom one time. He got so red. Oh my goodness. You could tell I put him on the spot. I called him out on his crap. It's like, mom, he's not laughing with you. He's laughing at you. He's laughing at the things that you're saying. He's not thinking that the situation is funny. He thinks it's funny that it's happening to you. <laughs> and uh, that's my brother. Um, anyway, so once again, keep an ear, uh, an ear out. Keep your ear to the ground for my podcast coming up in the weeks ahead. Uh, check out my brother's channel, uh, The Big Beefin' Show. God, I hate calling it that. Uh, but there's also another guy on the channel with me and my brother. His name's John, and it's called JP's What is his channel. Um, check that one out, too. He's always got something funny. Uh, if he's not complaining at his wife or yelling at his kid, he's talking about work or he's just talking about life in general. So there's something for everybody between my brother, John, and my bro- uh, and myself. So um, check us out. Give us a listen. Follow us. Tell your friends about us. Do what you got to do. My brother's channel is also, we're going to be getting a shirt together here pretty soon to promote the channel. Um, We're coming up with ideas. My brother's also recutting some introductions so it'll be, uh, have even more comedic effect. Uh, We've been, you know, putting together one-liners and all kinds of stuff. So just give it a listen. My brother's got so much content out there. I guarantee you, you're going to listen to something that makes you laugh. And if you don't, uh, I'll, I'll I'll pay you a dollar for the time you wasted. All right, <laughs> so just just uh, just give it a chance. Thank you for listening to me. This is Aaron Rollins on Southeast Third, and I'm signing out.